SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I'm Chris Kowski with your Sports Grid news update. You want the winning edge? Get on the grid. We start recapping Monday's Major League Baseball slate. The Rays' home favorites beat the Red Sox 6-1. to The under hits news on the Red Sox southpaw pitcher Martin Perez. This is positive for COVID-19. The Sox also plays closer Matt Barnes on the COVID IL. The Jays' home favorites took care of the Orioles 7-1. to The under, a winner, Vlad Guerrero Jr., two home runs on the night. The Phillies' road favorites took care of the Nats 7-4. to for the over. Cash is in. Bryce Harper with a home run in the win. The Cards' road dogs edge the Reds 3-1. The under comes home. The Twins' road favorites edge the Tigers 3-2. The under a winner. And Rhett Bollinger, beat reporter for the Angels, reports Shohei Otani won't. Pitch's schedule start on Tuesday after being hit on the hand by a pitch. Saturday, Otani is still going to be in the Angels lineup. News from the NFL. Niners rookie quarterback Trey Lance has a small chip in his finger. Head coach Kyle Shanahan says Lance is expected to miss about a week. The Jags have traded quarter Sidney Jones to the Seahawks for a 2022 six-round conditional pick. Sources tell ESPN the Bucks are working to restructure wide receiver Mike Evans' deal to make cap space. Evans currently has a team-high $16.637 million cap hit. Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer announced Monday tight end Irv Smith Jr. will undergo surgery this week to repair a meniscus injury he suffered in the Vikings preseason loss Friday. Zimmer did not specify how much time Smith will miss. And the Longhorns have named Hudson Carter their starting quarterback week one when they take on Louisiana, but head coach Steve Sarkazian said quarterback Casey Thompson will also play in the game. I'm Chris Kowski with your Sports Grid news update. And remember to shake it up with Scott Farrell and the crew and Farrell. Coast to coast every weekday starting at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on Sports Grid. You may or may not be a good Sports Grid listener. Test yourself. If you've ever been hospitalized after driving off the road while wishing on a shooting star, you may not be a good Sports Grid listener. Sports gaming strategies and info. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Marinci. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Marenzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Throwing it down. The Monday Night Meltdown has a big gun. Let's start off on the diamond as the Los Angeles Dodgers were up 5-0 on the Atlanta Braves. But it's a home run derby tonight in Chavez Ravine as the Los Angeles Dodgers went deep multiple times early in this game. And the Braves had just hit back-to-back solo shots. 5-2 uh, right now. We're trying to cry home uh, the We ended up getting a nine and a half um, with this. We laid a little juice uh, to do it. Yet at this rate, uh, every every time somebody swings a bat, it seems to uh, end up in the stance. Um, So it was a big, 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 big night tonight. A uh, big week for um, for Major League uh, Baseball. Big week uh, for teams uh, right now. 
as uh, there's less than five weeks remaining in the regular season. Uh, the Angels and the Yankees are going out. There's been a ton of runs. It's 7-5. It's late. It's in the seventh inning right now, but the Yankees have a runner on first base, and you know, there's still some baseball left. The Yankees still have a couple of outs left here. The seventh inning, they got the eighth and the ninth coming up after the San Diego, desperate for a win. San Diego gets that win. St. Louis, desperate. Um, Cincinnati, can Cincinnati handle success? It's one thing to, like, to storm, you know, all the way to, to the wild card, but can you hang on uh, to the wild card? And big, big win for the St. Louis Cardinals uh, tonight. Big win for uh, San Diego, at least so far. They haven't won the game yet. Uh, they're, they're in the seventh inning uh, right now. Johnny Cueto was a scratch uh, tonight. And the Milwaukee Brewers have been nursing a 2-0 lead all night. But San Francisco's knocking on the door uh, right now. We'll keep our eye on this. We've got a ton of... Uh, we got a ton of baseball stuff going on here. And as I stated, every every time somebody swings a bat at Chavez Ravine, it's seemingly a home run. So we'll keep our eye on that. San Diego just scored another run uh, right now. Speaking of San Francisco, so they're trailing Milwaukee 2-0. Mr. Burns, Smithers, <clears throat> Smithers, Smithers. Mr. Burns on the hill here this evening. Listen, man, he's been killing it, but uh, suddenly, don't look now. San Francisco, they don't go away. All right, they've got runners on first and third right now with nobody out, so we'll keep our eye on this. We put a play in tonight live on Game Time Decisions while during the commercial break. I took the Los Angeles Dodgers to win the division. They've cut the lead to two and a half. Potentially, they could cut it to one and a half after tonight, and they play the San Francisco Giants later in the week. All right, so it's getting real right now, and I'm curious to see what the updated odds are going to be, like, I don't know, like after this game. The Major League Baseball um, future market is a very, um, it's a very fluid one, isn't it? We rolling. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. The Monday night meltdown has begun. It's a triple threat uh, Monday night meltdown. Mo Khan's going to step up, and we'll talk football uh, with Mo Khan. George Kurtz will step up and in from Long Island, New York. We'll talk baseball. We'll talk football uh, with Kurtz. We'll talk college football, NFL football this evening. We'll talk Major League uh, Baseball action. We'll talk Miami Dolphin football. Uh, Craig Ballard will kick it uh, with us. There's a lot of talk about Deshaun Watson uh, right now. Except uh, don't don't believe the hype. All right, don't believe all this uh, Deshaun Watson hype as far as him getting traded. Um, what it is basically is the Houston Texans are on the hook for his contract. Um, like now, <laughs> like starting Tuesday, whenever, like whenever the official, like, I don't know, it's probably like 3 PM Eastern or something like that. You know what? They're on the hook, uh, for them. So they've got to deal with them. And you know what? He only makes $10 million this year, but he actually makes like 35, $40 million a year. So it's, you know, you're not getting him for $10 million and word is they want three first round picks and two second round picks which is uh, pretty ambitious for a player that nobody knows whether he's going to be able to play or not. Um, NFL insiders are saying that teams have told the Texans that we'll trade. 
we'll we'll trade um, we'll trade for him right even right now. That's what like some reports are. But they said that basically, if he gets suspended, like they want the picks back. Like <laughs> so, like they basically want like all these deals in writing, and that's clearly not going to happen. He's not going to the Miami Dolphins. I don't know why people keep messing with Tua, but we'll get Craig Ballard's thoughts on this. Of course, uh, Ballard does some great uh, baseball videos, but he is a Miami Dolphin fan as well. We'll get Mo Khan's thoughts. We'll get George Kurtz's thoughts. We'll talk fantasy football with George Kurtz uh, as well. And uh, bad break. Uh, Our condolences to anybody that drafted J.K. Dobbins over the weekend in your fantasy football drafts. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens win their 20th consecutive preseason game, but they lose their star running back. Trey Lance. Like, broke a, like, fractured. He's got a chip and a bone in his finger. He's going to be out for a week. So, in other words, Jimmy G, you the man. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's all set. They got the bug boy on him. The bug boy? The little fella's been riding his heart out. They're going to break his maiden. Really? But it's a little slow out there. It rained last night. Oh, this baby loves the slop. Loves it. Eats it up. Eats the slop. Born the slop. His father was a mutter. His father was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. What did I just say? The late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Game Over NC. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Series XM Channel 204. Sports Grid Radio Network. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates and everybody watching us on the digital video platforms as well. It's football season. It's fantasy football season. And every year, I always contemplate. Like, I mix it up as far as fantasy football is concerned. Sometimes I'll get cute with, like, names, and I'll come up with a fantasy football name. And other times, it's very bland and simple. Team Marenzi. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever I registered as, I don't do anything. I stay, like, you know what I mean? I've got no avatar. I've got no logo. I've got no nothing. And other times, I'll come up with some names. But this year, I've got my fantasy football uh, team name, and that is Bishop Sycamore. Bishop Sycamore is going to be, and I guarantee you I won't be the only one, but like always, I'll be the first one. So just uh, I'll just throw this out here right now. So when you see this name everywhere in fantasy football, you go, man, Marenzi said, yeah, yeah, it's going to be big fantasy football. Yeah, I'll call my team Bishop uh, Sycamore. I like these guys. I'm a fan. I want to get a jersey. Um, so basically, we'll bring Mo Khan in in a moment here. Um, 
So Bishop Sycamore, if you've seen this name around today, they were on ESPN yesterday. And we made a big deal about the CFL being on ESPN. I guess everybody gets on ESPN now. (laughs) So Bishop Sycamore, they played the IMG Academy, who were one of the top high school programs, prep programs in America. They lost 58-0. And people are wondering, who the hell are these guys? And as the game was going on, people started like saying, you know what, these guys aren't a real team. And then it turned out they actually played a game on Friday. <laughs> so they played a game on Friday. They played two games in two days. The kids are playing uh, uh, both uh, at both uh, both ends, offense and defense. And for the record, there has allegedly never actually been a Bishop Sycamore. There is no school. It's a scam. It's some dude's house in Ohio. They just played. Uh, they somehow hustled their way into two games in three days. Uh, most of their players aren't even high schoolers. <laughs> They're D1 dropouts and kids that have been kicked off other teams. And, oh, yeah, their head coach has an active arrest warrant, as people realize during the game, that he's actually wa- he's a wanted man. That's why I am proud to call my fantasy football team in 2021, and how the hell can we lose, Bishop Sycamore. So we are now joined by one of the players that uh, played uh, wide receiver <laughs> with experience. Mo Khan <laughs> steps up and in. <laughs> Mo, I got to ask you, Mo, how is it that you guys yeah. lost to these guys if you're all D1 guys and like Juco dudes and stuff? I'm just kidding. Mo, Mo's an honorable guy, but he was a hell of a wide receiver. But let me ask you, Mo. Because that's what a lot of people, that's what, like, I saw Darius Butler, former NFL player, ask that. He said, whatever, man. He goes, I just want to know how you guys lost 58 nothing to a high school team. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, game was funny. I saw the game, IMG, against Bishop Sycamore. I said, I'm not going to watch it because at that point, at that moment, it was like 30 nothing for IMG. But then once the news came out, like, a two, three hours afterwards on Sunday night, I was like, what is going on over here? And then, you know what, the, and the thing is, if you trace the, the history of this so-called school, it was supposed to be a charter school. It was never materialized. And, and now we're seeing the, 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 uh, the I guess, the labor of the fruits come about here, that they were just a complete lie from start to finish. And we've seen this before, like, Gabe. Like, you know, we, we've seen schools. And if you remember, Deion Sanders had his own charter school 10, 12 years ago in Texas, and that flamed out completely where kids flunked out, didn't get the grades to go to Division One football. Uh, he was fired like 10, 12 times in the span of four months at this charter school here. So a lot of these places have been very poorly, been poorly run of late in the last decade or so, and I'm not surprised by how the outcome has played out for Bishop Sycamore. Uh, Bishop Sycamore is based out of Columbus, Ohio. It's probably uh, funded by Urban Meyer. <laughs> it's an online charter school. <laughs> So I get this. I like this. The school's website has a blank page. They didn't even hide it. But like, come on, man! They don't even have a website. They even fake it. Their <laughs> their school website is a blank page. <laughs> They're sick. The only the only link that works is a football recruiting link saying if you play football. <laughs> it's there's no <laughs> classes. They're not listed. They're not licensed by the Ohio like education bro like they're not licensed they're not a school they're not a school and now it's really coming out they found it's like it's a house bro it's somebody's house in columbus that's the school that's like the address that they've nailed it down to (laughs) it's crazy and gabe 
and all these athletes, like I've seen people even in Montreal where I'm located, they are like, you know, de facto quote unquote agents that are trying to send kids to prep schools that are no longer, that are fictional. And there was a couple of guys in Montreal that got caught for it. And it's since you've been blackballed in the football community yeah, in this part crazy. of Canada. So it, it's definitely common, not only in the U.S., but also up here in Canada with certain people who try to get guys to go down to certain schools, which never materialized because they want the money from the family that might fork over 20000 30000 and send their kid to get a D1 scholarship. It's amazing, honestly, and I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say this, that the high school sports scene and college sports like that, that athletic stuff, it's sleazier than porn. You know what I mean? Like the amount of sleaze balls right. and dudes that are around, it's insane. Like it, I, it, they're just parasites. These dudes, they come out of the woodwork. I like to me though. Listen, Bishop Bishop Sycamore A. Props on you guys. You pulled the hustle of the century. Somehow you got on ESPN in here, but that's to me, Mo, that because the ESPN announcers were embarrassed during the game, right? And then they said, yes, they were, yeah. The play-by-play guy, and I don't know, was it Dart? What's his name? Um, if I, you know, I, a, if I saw his name, yeah, thank you, yeah, Nick. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, so he basically said during the game, he goes, "Well, he goes, we looked up. He goes, I've looked up all their players, and none of them exist." And he basically said, you know. He sort of blamed them for, like, fooling them, but he probably shouldn't have brought that up because you're exposing the fact. It's like, guys, you're ESPN. How the hell did you put this game on TV? Like, how did you, like, do business? Like, how where did like how did this come from? Like, you're a publicly traded company. You just put a wanted fugitive on TV with a bunch of kids that, like, and people are talking about like the danger of it because IMG murdered them so much, and now people are like, they play two games in two days, Mo, too, right? So right. in different like yeah. numbers, he lied about the players that like uh, he lied about the roster too. Like it's just like okay, fine, this stuff will happen. You know, little league world series, a kid will lie about his age or whatever. It happens all. Time. Major league baseball players have lied about their age, but for sure. This 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 is not even a school. It's one thing to be crooked, Mo, but they're not even a real school, bro. <laughs> they're they're a recreational football team. That's what it was. <laughs> let's get together. Let's they, band played, they played like it too. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Let's band together as a unit and let's play IMG. Maybe we'll get a look or two for guys to get a, maybe a scholarship elsewhere. But a complete travesty because even that look. Gabe, there was a better game. St. Thomas Aquinas from, uh, from Fort Lauderdale had a better game uh, when they played the team from Baltimore, and that was a much more exciting game because that's our two legitimate programs in North America. So a complete embarrassment for high school football in the U.S. I don't want to hear about people not betting on high school football either. If you're putting it on ESPN, you've got this crap, then don't tell me about betting it. I'm less of a sleazeball than these jerks are. Bring it! SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome to the 117th dust-up between the snort and swine of Springfield A&M and the Springfield University Nittany Tide. Oh, doctor, break out the hickory switch. The late-night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morency. We're kicking it with Mo Khan uh, right now. George Kurtz will step up, and then we'll talk some fantasy football uh, with Kurtz. We'll talk uh, baseball with Kurtz. You know, Kurtz is stressing out the Yankees and the Angels. Let's talk football now with Mo. So, Mo, uh, Kyle Shanahan um, said that, um, and he's insinuated that he's going to be playing both quarterbacks, that Jimmy G will be the starter, but and he never, you know what? It's not new. He didn't need it. You know what? He said this before. He said we're always going to have packages for Trey Lance. So Trey Lance chipped a bone in his in his finger. Nothing serious, but he's going to be out a week. But when you consider it's the final week and a half before the start of the season, it's a massive week for him to miss right now. This sort of like soldifies Jimmy G. They get the Detroit Lions in week one. But you know, Mo, and you know the saying. They say if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. But I don't really believe right. that in this in, in this instance. And I think Jimmy G has the temperament to deal with this and 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 realize it's part of the big picture. And we see now, Mo, hey, it's running back committee, it's wide receiver by committee in the NFL. I don't have a problem with this. And it was if both quarterbacks sucked, I'd say you guys got a problem. But I don't have a problem, especially they play different styles and it'll keep the other teams off balance, don't you think? Yes and no. It's like when Steve Spurrier was at Florida. Remember, he used to rotate quarterbacks every single play when he was at the heyday for the fun and gun offense down at Gainesville. But like Gabe thing is, right, you're right. You have two quarterbacks of that of that level is solid for college trying to have to work with. But the problem is, is the report. Because you think about it, Gabe, look at the number of hours you put into the practice sessions to develop that report to understand that, that, that trajectory of how the ball is released from Jimmy G or from Trey Lance. If Kyle Shannon continues to operate that he's going to switch it up every single series or every third or fourth play. It, it, it brings up that angst within the receiver. Like, okay, how's this ball going to come out of the hand of this quarterback? Yeah, I know. Down yeah. Play when we need 10 yards, right? So that's why I think from that perspective, it could be an issue. But here's the thing, though. To have Trey Lance go with this package, it alleviates the, the wear and tear on Jimmy G's body because we know Jimmy G's body gave it's not been healthy during his time in San Francisco. So this can save his body of maybe 10 to 15 hits per season and has him healthy for the playoff run come January. I think it could work out for the Niners because, again, they have a great defense, but it's going to be the question of how they utilize Trey Lance to make sure that Jimmy G will be the one who's healthy going to the critical months of this football season. That's a good point, and it helps Jimmy G. If you're Jimmy G, it takes a little weight off, actually. Because look at look at the CFL, and look how they handle that, Mo. Short yardage situations, it's always the uh, the backup that comes in and does it. And I've always That's wondered right. about that. I'm, th- I'm thinking, wow, you got a massive third and short coming up here. Three downs, just for the record. So you got a massive play coming up, and you're bringing in a guy who's cold off the bench to take this snap. What, your starting quarterback can't just you know, lean forward? But they don't want to get him hit, right? So they, they bring in right. the backup. He, plow, he plows in. And they don't want anything happening to the quarterback in a pile or anything like that. So I don't think it would be dysfunctional. Because you're right, Spurrier was insane. And another thing Spurrier did too, and he used to drive me crazy. And Spurrier knows more about football. Like, well, forget more about than I know, Mo. But you know what would drive <laughs> me crazy with Spurrier? And I thought it was a hindrance to the quarterbacks. 
he would call him over to the sidelines every play. Like every snap, yeah. Mo. Like he didn't like call the play in. He would call them over. So, and I was thinking, how many extra yards, like 100 yards, has your quarterback ran tonight? Like running back and forth, running to the sideline, back to the huddle, back to the sideline, right. back to the – every play he would call him over and he would talk to him briefly and he got quarterback would run back. And, you know, I, I think it's stupid when you see down in college, Mo, when you see, oh, yeah, like – they're switching like every play or snap and stuff. Like that's ridiculous. But I think it's more packages. You know what I'm saying? Like Jimmy G will start and then maybe the fourth drive of the game, hey, Trey Lance is coming in for a series. Right? And I hear yeah, what you're saying is- as far as the wide receivers, but I think they'll think it's exciting because yeah. he's an exciting player and he can just it's all about winning football games. And I think, you know, I think Trey Lance is too good just to have standing on the sidelines. He's got to help you win football games. No question, and I'll give you the, the, the prime example. Arizona with Kyler Murray and Chris Streveler. And remember, Streveler is a former CFL quarterback Good call. who was utilizing yep. that same and same thing in Winnipeg, right? When when the Bombers won the Great Cup in 2019, he would be utilized in the short yard situation. And remember, Kyler Murray got hurt last year, halfway through the year, wasn't the same player. I, I, look, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury has a lot of pressure on him this year, Gabe. There's no question about that. He's got to keep Colin Murray healthy. And if that means Trevor comes in for a third and one or for a second and two, whatever it might be, or for a third and four, whatever it might be, he will alleviate the wear and tear on Kyler's body that will keep him fresher going towards December and maybe play off football in January. That is a key. Arizona's an interesting team. Arizona hasn't shown anything, Mo, in the preseason at all. So we'll see if they're able to just flick that switch and, and play for real. But I got to tell you, they have a tough opening week matchup, and I haven't placed any bets yet. But and I, and I think that week one is kind of tricky in the National Football League uh, this year. It really yet is. One of the yeah, one of the point spreads of one of the games though is Arizona at Tennessee. And look, Mo. So they say that home field is worth three points, right? In National Football League with fans, that's generally what it's been over the years. Right. Except home field doesn't mean as much as it used to. I'm not going to dispute that. All right, but. Even without being stayed. Let's just say it's three points. So the Arizona Cardinals are only three-point underdogs in Tennessee. That's a road game for them against a damn good football team in the Tennessee Titans that don't have a bunch of new parts that are putting together and that are playing at home. So And they're three-point favorites, Tennessee. So in other words, the odds makers are telling us if these teams played on a neutral field, the game would be a pick em. I think Tennessee are a better football team than Arizona. I think that point spread's a little short. I like Arizona this year. I think they're in the mix but for a wild card. I don't think they're going to win a division, but I think that that's a tough spot for them to beat Tennessee in week one. Well, here, here's what I'll say. Where's the pass rush coming for Tennessee? Remember last year they invested a lot of money in David Clowney and others, and they failed miserably for the pass rush, and that's why they lost to Baltimore in the wild card weekend game. We couldn't get anything on Lamar Jackson. You bring in Bud Dupree. You bring in some younger guys. How about that front seven? And there's a lot of pressure on Mike Vrabel because, remember, Dean Pease was the D.C. before he, quote-unquote, retired, and now he's in Atlanta with Arthur Smith. And that defense did not do anything at all in, in 2020 game. And that's why going to this game with Arizona and Tennessee with that, with that three-point spread, 
I wouldn't discount Tennessee, uh, Arizona, big important, because they have the horsepower to put up the numbers with that receiving core and with that running game that they have. So I wouldn't dis- discredit that whole process right now because I think Arizona can put up points. It's a question of their defense playing well. And I think in this match against Tennessee, I would give the slight edge to Arizona's defense because they have more playmakers to work with in their front seven than Tennessee does at this moment. You know what's funny, though? Is if there's perception of reality and they never really match, right, Mo? In that, like right. people thought, and I thought too, Cliff Kingsbury, when he when he got hired, all right, he's an offensive guy. You know, what's the Arizona defense going to be like, right? The Arizona defense has been good. Right. Like honestly, let's be real, the offense hasn't been as good as they've wanted, right? Kyler Murray's had his moments, but he got hurt. He wasn't the same after. But in their first year there. It was. It's surprising. Kingsbury's been conservative. That's what's surprising to me. Like I don't know if he's been. If he thought, well, everyone thinks I'm sort of a gadget guy, so I'm going to be more traditional. But he really hasn't been all that gadget like. He's like he hasn't gone for it on fourth down often. He settled for field goals. Like he's punted. He's been pretty conservative. I think he needs to be more aggressive, actually. But, you know, you would think that Tennessee and Arizona would be a track meet, guys. But you look at the numbers, it's interesting. And I don't think this will be anything different. I think you're right, Mo. You look at Tennessee's defense, and they've got issues. Um, but Tennessee guys were um, they were 12-4-1 to the over, right, including the playoff game. So uh, 12-4-1 right. to the over on the season. And the year before, ever since Tannehill's been there, Mo, the Tennessee offense puts up a boatload of points. Like, they score like 27, 30 points a game, almost weekly, Tennessee. And it's interesting because, you know, as we mentioned, guys, Tennessee were the second-best over team in the National Football League last year. And Arizona were 11-5 and to the under. 16 games, only mm. five games went over for Arizona. They couldn't score. They didn't score. And, and here's the thing, Gabe, right? The first eight games of last year, Arizona averaged about 29.5 points per game. In the final eight, it was 24.5. Yep. And that's when Kyler got his, his injury against Seattle in that Thursday night football game up in the Northwest. So he didn't play well because he was hurt, and they dropped by five points. So you wonder, it, it, was the healthy Kyler Murray, will they be able to put up a 30 clip per game? I think they can. But again, it will come down to that O-line being much better than what they were last year where Murray got hit far too often in critical situations. The number one offense scoring last year in the National Football League, and I think these teams will be just every bit as efficient this year. The uh, Green Bay Packers scored 31.5 points per game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who you don't really think of as an explosive team, but you got to give them credit, they scored 30.8 points per game. The Buffalo Bills scored 29.9 points per game. The Tennessee Titans scored 29.6 points per game. You notice the correlation here, guys. And we'll get most take on this on the other side. But, yeah, yeah, all playoff teams. And exactly, the old defense wins championships thing might be a thing of the past. If you don't score, you don't win in today's NFL. You've got to come up with some stops. But if you don't score 30 points a game in the NFL, you're not winning the Super Bowl. It's like, it's just a new reality. You don't have to score 30 points in the Super Bowl, but you do to get there.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Marenzi, Sirius XM Channel 204. Mo Khan kicking with us. TSN Radio, former uh, college football player and uh, meteorologist and more. He's, uh, he's like uh, James Bond. He's a man of many trades. Uh, Mo Khan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how you see this? The SEC. So, <clears throat> guys, the SEC's not playing around. Um, the SEC establishes their forfeit policies for the college football season. And they have a they have a stronger one than than other conferences in the sense they have a double forfeit in the SEC. So if you're if your team in the SEC, they're going NFL. The SEC is like the NFL, isn't it? Let's just be real. Like after the like, so it really is. the The SEC is going to compensate the team if it basically. If your if your game gets canceled because the other team has COVID, the other team loses. There's no disputing. There's no making it up. There's no there's no conversation. The rules are the rules. It's over. And and if it's your fault, the SEC's talking about the SEC said they're working on a compensation package now. So now they're gonna like they're gonna hit the schools um, that are unable to play. The SEC's not playing around. And it's funny, you know, for all you like, oh, this and that. And like, I get it. You don't want to get a vaccination and stuff. But you see people that actually have billions of dollars at stake aren't playing. Even in the South, the SEC. They don't care if the students get vaxxed, but they care about the players. So they care. They Remember, they, <laughs> I told you guys the story. LSU students didn't need to be vaxxed, but they vaxxed Mike the Tiger. They were worried about the tiger, their mascot, so he got vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> but for the record, LSU is now vaccinating their students. They changed course. But uh, but how about this? So if both teams, if both teams can't play due to COVID, they both get tagged with a loss in the SEC, like in the Pac-12 or the Big 12 or like the uh, the Big 10. If both teams like can't play due to COVID, it'll be deemed a no contest. The SEC's not playing around, Mo. If you're both out, it's a loss in the loss column. They're sending the message, get vaxxed or suck it, basically. <laughs> you know, there's no question. Like, Nick Saban was the first, right, to get his entire team vaxxed. Saw Link Kiffin now with Ole Miss, get his entire team vaxxed. Uh, LSU, to an extent, has reached that number. And, like, you know as well as I do, Gabe, when it comes to the SEC, you're right. It is the NFL light when it comes to the talent level going on to the next level. But the thing is, when you look at this SEC, again, we're giving the same predicament when we talk about the playoff four in January. 
Will it be Alabama? Will it be Georgia if they beat Clemson this weekend? Uh, could, it, could a team like Texas A&M be that third team that can perhaps jump in there and be part of the conversation? But just imagine if Alabama, if Nick Saban had to lose a game because of COVID-19 outbreak. He would be fuming and furious about this. But we all know how the politics work, right? Bama will still get back to the playoff four if need be. But look, the SEC, they know what they're doing. They are the kings of the college football world right now. And we see with the alliance trying to take them down, there's no question in my mind that the road for the college football title goes to the SEC, where it's Bama, Georgia, LSU, whoever it might be coming out from that conference. Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott expressed his frustration due to the Bills, um, the Bills COVID issues, in which the Bills have had a few players um, who have been fined for COVID protocols. They've had a few. Um, um, they've had a few. Um, practices missed. Like it's it's sort of it's starting already, and of course Cole Beasley is one of them. What a shock! But as Sean McDermott says, guys, and I think he said it best. All right, so McDermott acknowledged um, his frustration. Um, the Bills are at an eighty percent player clip, eighty percent. Now, if you're wondering about Josh Allen, and Josh Allen is vaxxed because basically. If you're not vaccinated, you have to wear a mask all the time. And Josh right. Allen's never worn a mask. So it's sort of like you can you, you could do two plus two is type stuff, right? Josh Allen is also the star of the team. The media would also know if he was showing up at six in the morning every day to get tested, right? So like, because you know what? It's a classic <laughs> example. And I didn't even get to this yet. Like Carson Wentz, Right. Like Carson Wentz now yeah. is placed on the COVID list. And this guy sucks to begin with. That's more practices he's going to miss. It's just like, what a disaster that guy is. The Indianapolis media shredded him hard today. And I saw pictures of like the practice last week or the other day. And Carson Wentz had the mask on and no one else did. Right? And that shows. Yeah. And Carson Wentz yeah. is open about he's not getting vaxxed. What is it with crappy quarterbacks not getting vaxxed? Like Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, like what's it like the bad ones? <laughs> Carson Wentz reminds me of Chris Chandler. Remember Chandler, Chris oh, Chandler, Chris Chandler, Chris Chandler. Hey, 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 hey! Chris yeah. Chandler is a hell of a lot better than Carson Wentz was, though, bro. Well, took the Falcons to the Super Bowl, right? Back in that damn day, right, he did. I mean, took him to yeah, he was the quarterback yeah. with the Dirty Bird. <laughs> That's right, and look the, the the history of Carson Wentz that he's been. He's been jinxed with the injury bug, whatever it is. And this will set him back by a few days. But think about it, Gabe. He's missed time in training camp. He's now going to miss time in preparation for the early part of the season. So the Colts, who many thought would be the favorites to win the AFC South, is banged up. Uh, guys on IR, missing key players on both sides of the football. The play on the Colts may not be as confident as it once was. Oh, God, so no. I, and T.Y. Hilton's hurt. Out there, I stay with the Colts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Titans are going to win that division. And the thing is, let's just be real. They should be. I find it amusing that Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz both are unvaccinated. Like, if I was Carson Wentz, considering how fragile and crap I am, I would be willing to ingest anything. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe the vaccination (laughs) will make your your sorry ass stronger. Like, seriously. Like, I, like, if I was like Carson Wentz, I'd do heroin at this point in time. Like, it can't hurt you. Like, what's the difference? You get hurt getting out of bed in the morning, bro. And you're a starting quarterback. You want to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. 
You're a bad teammate. You're a selfish person. And I knew I was the one of the first people on Carson Wentz. And you know why? And people thought I was crazy. People thought I was just being like, oh, Marenzi, and it was some like sports rage take, Mo. But I'll tell you what. When the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl, okay, Carson yeah. Wentz proposed to his girlfriend like on the, the two days after. Okay? Fine. Yeah. But he posted on Twitter, got got my own ring. And I was thinking, yeah, what the hell does that mean? You were part of the team. Like, you know what I mean? He felt that right away. Yeah. Like, he's so thin-skinned. He didn't like that they won with Nick Foles. He didn't like Nick Foles. Then he freaks out when they bring in a kid, Jalen Hurts, that they never planned on being the starting quarterback. They didn't think you were going to cry like an actress on Beverly Hills 90210 or Melrose Place. <laughs> and and then, you know, everything implodes. You get the coach fired. Now you're in Indianapolis. You're always hurt. You have COVID. You're unvaxxed. And quite frankly, I think Jacob Eason's better than you are. At this point, screw it. Go with Jacob Eason. I, I look, Jacob Eason, when he was drafted last year, and think about his, his travails and how he got to this point, right? He left Georgia because of the quarterback at the time, and the names on the tip of my tongue that went to the Buffalo Bills afterwards. But the thing is, when you think about how he's gone through his oh, yeah, travails, Jake Fromm. he has the t- Jake Fromm, thank you very much. He has the, the, the tools, the artillery to become an adequate quarterback. And look, to be with Frank Wright, with Marcus Brady, the OC, former CFL quarterback, he could definitely steal this opportunity because Sam Ellinger is out for the next four or five weeks with his injury. And Carson Wentz, who knows when he'll be back here. But Jacob Eason, he's put himself on the map that maybe he may not, may not be in Indianapolis and he might be the future quarterback, but he could be on the radar of another NFL team because we know how it works, Gabe. NFL teams are, are hungry for the next great guy to have in their system, and Eason could be that guy if he gets off the flyer for the Colts in the next the first four weeks of the season. I think he's the guy. I'm telling you. I think that they think, I don't know, they'll always be in the mix, all these quarterback guys. You know, we see that Reich doesn't mind going on a year-to-year thing. But I think, honestly, I don't have any confidence in Carson Wentz. I do not believe that Carson Wentz can stay healthy. Even And like you said, so Carson Wentz has missed a million practices already. Um, yeah. He's going to have, so then there'll be the excuse, well, he doesn't have any chemistry, right, with his guys. Give him a chance. He doesn't have any chemistry. Well, it's his fault. He's unvaxxed and he missed all the practices that he did. Um, he's always hurt to begin with. So and you really think he's going to stay healthy? And then number two, and number three, and number four, and number 19, and number 318, even if he's healthy, he's not good. So I I don't know what, like, they – I like Phillip Rivers better than him, and Phillip Rivers is 90 years old. Like, I could go on and on. I'm not a Carson Wentz guy. I don't believe in him. I think the Colts are crazy, but that's why I put $500 on the Titans to win a division already. Yeah, and let's not forget the Colts. I think we'll have the fourth different starting quarterback in four years, uh, going from Andrew Luck to Jacoby Brissett, Philip Rivers, and person X, Jacob Eason, most likely than not. So they've gone through the rigors of the quarterbacks that they've had in the last four years or so. And if Jacob Eason's the guy, guess what? Carson Wentz will be the backup for this Colts team if Eason gets off to a flyer and puts up big numbers for this Frank Reich offense going to week one and to week two. Yeah, they'll start crying about Jacob Eason after. But, all right, Mo Khan kicking with us. So, Mo, uh, CFL football, there's been 15 games this year. 12 of them have gone under the number. 
the underdogs are 11 and 4 against the spread for for from a betting perspective you know you take the points and you take the under in these games do you think this trend continues with the low scores like or do you think that eventually it's going to start to break open a little bit I'm not shocked, Gabe. I thought this would be low scoring affairs. I know we see some exciting games, right? Calgary Montreal back in week two, Edmonton Ottawa in week one of the season opener. But I'm not surprised, Gabe, because we're talking about guys who have not played football in two years. They're still trying to find the rhythm. Uh, you know, I was at the Alouette scheme on last Friday in which they lost to the Ticats. And you can just see for both teams, they have not found their rhythm yet because they had no preseason. They didn't have proper training camp protocols in place to go through. And I just think at this point, Gabe, for the first six weeks of the year, and that's almost half the season right there, we're going to see some low-scoring games. I think it's by October when we go into fall weather is where the scores, I think, will rise up by a few more points here. So I definitely would take the under for whatever betting line is presented to you for the coming weeks of the CFL season. Yeah, you know what? This week we got the Alouettes at the, the Red Blacks, the Blue Bombers and Rough Riders. We got a game Friday, we got a game uh, Sunday, and then we got a game Monday, the Labor Day Classic with the Argos and and the Tie Cats, and and then the the uh, the Elks and the Stampeders. And really, I'm in no hurry to be betting the over at any of these games. You know, Mo, the first week of the season, they open up the totals at like 51 and stuff, 49 and a half. And then they started to catch on. They haven't posted numbers yet. But this past weekend, Mo, all the totals were like 45 and stuff, 44, 46, 45. Yeah. One of them was 47 and a half, I think. But they'll probably be in the same range. And I'll go under it all four games again. I, I, I don't disagree. Again, think about the quarterbacks. Guys like Boldy Rod Mitchell out for the present moment. Uh, Mike Riley's banged up. A lot of guys have been hurt this year. So the quarterback play has not been strong. I just should Hey, that kid in Calgary looks good, though. He's got a strong arm. Mo Khan. Thanks for the time, Mo. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Thanks to Mo Khan. Great stuff uh, with Mo. George Kurtz uh, will step up and we'll talk some fantasy football uh, with George and we'll get some post-game analysis. The Angels are victorious. And I tell you what, we absolutely, we've been killing it lately. But I don't like living in the past. So I don't like, that's why I don't, I don't really talk about it. I don't like living in the past, but this is one I got wrong tonight. I put the, I took the Yankees and I put, I, I took a parlay with Ohio State on the money line. Just try to get a little head start on that Ohio State game later in the week. Um, but we're still alive with the Dodgers right now in the under. Hopefully we can squeeze this one home. And uh, Because before before this, we were 6-1 and one tonight. Our only loss, actually, was the strikeout prop. Every side uh, hit. Every side hit. We were on uh, St. Louis plus a run and a half. We gave it all on game time decisions. I gave you guys Bryce Harper to hit a home run at plus 240, hit the home run in the first inning. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies to win the game. St. Louis Cardinals plus a run and a half. Tampa Bay Rays to beat uh, Boston. Uh, Texas plus money uh, to beat Colorado. 
Um, there was a couple other, you know, we, we rolled it. We killed it. Um, oh, yeah, Toronto Blue Jays minus a run and a half. It was 6-1. and one. The only one I lost, I had uh, this uh, A.J. Axley made his debut tonight for Texas. This kid, he looked really good. But um, the prop was four and a half strikeouts, and he finished with four. So we lost by half a strikeout. What a terrible bad beat. Oh, no, that's right. It wasn't. It was just a loss. Right? You see people, oh, I can't believe I lost by half. It was four and a half, and he got to four. Well, what would you expect him to get to? I even said on the show, he'll you know, he'll probably get to five if we're lucky. Like <laughs> I was hoping. Uh, I thought I was hoping for a little bit more, but hey, we won the game and they were plus money. How how was Colorado road favorites, man? These guys are like one of the worst road teams in the history of baseball. They're 17 and 46 on the road and they're chalk. Come on. I don't like betting on useless games like that, but sometimes you just have to. Sometimes you're just saying, take my money. Take it. I don't want it. The late night anger management class. Bring it. <laughs>